Hello. And welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. The podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. And joining us today, we have two very special guests. Repeat guest, Brandon Sargent. Hello. And Ms. Lisa Lone. Hello there. And today we are discussing Fun Mom Dinner, released in 2017, written by Julie Yeager, directed by Alethea Jones, about four moms who have kids in the same preschool class, and they have a fun dinner. And I thought it was great. What did you guys think? It's us. It's us four fun moms. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) I loved it. And it also is the perfect length. Oh my I'm god. so sick and tired of yes. two and a half hour movies. A hot hour 18. Yes. <laughs> That's how you do it. Extraordinary. Absolutely. Brandon hates long movies, but I like I like a movie's length if it's burned. You love Cloud Atlas, so we I love Cloud Atlas. you love long movies. <laughs> it's three hours, but listen, I think it earns it and I think it deserves to be that long. Mm-hmm. Like all these movies that are like like, we watched Love Actually last week, and, like, I like Love Actually, but it was two hours and 12 minutes, and I was like, Mm-mm. It has four wow. acts. That movie definitely, like, it, it, it has a lot more going on than you remember every time you start watching it again. I found out recently that The Sound of Music is three hours long. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it was made in the days where you would go to the movie theater for a double feature, and that would be your entire day. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gone with the Wind, um, I grew up my dad like showed it to me and it has literally like two full cassette tapes that you had to put in the thing. And, like Titanic too. Yeah. yeah. It had changed the VHS tapes. I love how <laughs> we're alienating our Zoomer listeners. <laughs> uh, so the four moms in this movie, I kind of, I, 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 I did not know any of their names. I referred to them um, as Tony Collette and Molly Shannon because those were the actors that I recognized. And then the other one I called Traffic because she was a traffic cop at school. And then there was another mom who uh, her kid threw shit on her face at the beginning. So I called her shit face. Great. <laughs> she was the arguable lead. Um, she was the lead. Like, and well, I. So Sam, did she, you did she have a name? familiar with Bridget Everett? Bridget Everett, that was gonna make. I was Bridget Everett a is a goddess. Argument. Yeah. Really? Tell I'm me that. I'm very her. shocked. I'm very no. shocked that you. I'm I, shocked. I feel too. like you would love her. Yeah, tell her. She's, tell she's her. a comedian and also um, she's a singer. Like I'm pretty sure she, for a long time she had like a show, her own show. Um, I know she was like a on cabaret, Inside Amy Schumer. Comedy. Yeah, me, they're friends. And she, to me, she had the energy of like a Mormon Dakota Johnson. <laughs> She had like a really long jean skirt oh, in one of the first scenes. Oh, oh no. Oh no. We're talking about uh, the, traffic. The oh, traffic. One. Okay. I was yeah, like, whoa, shit, wait. Shit face had, like, had a really take. long jean skirt. She seemed like a Mormon Dakota Johnson. Traffic, That's on the other hand, one. was on Inside Amy Schumer. She did seem like a, like, like a comedian. She, mm-hmm. Yeah. She's very funny. She's so <clears throat> funny. I, I like started to, um, I got to know her a lot better listening to the, what is it called? Three the Girls, Amy- One Keith. Yeah, Three Girls, One Keith, the Amy Schumer podcast. But Bridget is one of the but three she, girls. Yeah, she like came up with the Comedy Cellar and stuff as well. And she's also in that um, ill-fated Lena Dunham, Jennifer Garner show, Camping. Oh, I remember mm-hmm. seeing posters for that. 
Isn't Juliette Lewis not? Is that the one? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. 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 She love. plays Jandis. Jandis, <laughs> of course she does. Also, very Lena Dunham name. Oh, of course. <laughs> we got to tell you a story about it later about Lena, Lena Dunham, Dunham names. names. Oh God. Okay, I'm very excited. <laughs> Julian but, yeah, Lewis. Traffic was great. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was just saying, traffic was great. Traffic, fantastic. I I loved traffic. <laughs> And I would, I think uh, Dakota Johnson is a very good comparison for mm-hmm. for shit. Mm-hmm. I've never seen her in a single thing. Is she just is she like Adam Scott's wife or something? Is that why she's in this movie? Let me Adam see. Scott. Oh no, wait, no, I'm. He's an executive producer. He was. It says at the beginning, executive producer Adam Scott and Paul Rudd. I feel like the if. Why. I feel like if you are rich enough, then you're just automatically an executive producer on whatever you do. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Paul Rudd's wife wrote it. Julie Yeager is Paul Rudd's wife. Oh. oh. So that's mm-hmm. a fun thing. Because she's credited in the movie as Julie Rudd, but I think she changed her name professionally to Julie okay. Yeager. Okay, I'm on the IMDb page for the woman <clears throat> who played Shitface. Her name is Katie Asselton. <laughs> yes. And that's an unfortunate last name. She she's known for nothing I've ever seen. She's known oh, for the oh. freebie, Legion, Black Rock, and The Gift. But she was also in Bombshell, which I saw and I don't recognize her from. But she's married which, to a Duplass brother, so that explains it. Oh. <laughs> I feel I, I feel bad that I is, but I feel bad that I don't recognize her from Bombshell, but that's probably because uh it, the you know, there was just so many characters in Bombshell. I oh. thought that she was very good in Fun Mom Dinner. I thought she was great. Oh, oh my God. You know who she's married to? Sam, it's a crossover. It's a crossover. Who oh my she God. She's married, married to, to the Duplass brother. No, Mark Duplass, who plays the love interest, I think. Oh, in Tammy. Tammy. Yeah. And he's also, his brother is the guy who's in Transparent with the other husband in this movie. The Duplass brothers Tony, Tony's are husband like- in this movie. I, I can never keep track of those Duplass brothers. They always show up in things <laughs> oh. I don't expect them to because one of them is on Search Duplass Party. Brothers. And Search Party, yes. He's the one who's in Transparent and then the other guy in Transparent is in this movie and he's Tony's husband in this movie. Yeah. I, it's called being. It's called having taste in I was, movies <laughs> with them. I was watching a Search Party with my roommates last night and could not get over how creepy... Um, I think it's Jay Duplass is in that. He plays yeah, this he like skeezy theater director who's like directing a play about the Manson Ooh, murders. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's and You've he's so Lisa? like scary. Search party, yes. Uh, and he also and John directs Early's a in bunch of the episodes. Yes. Who? I'm so happy. John, John Early's Early. in this movie. Yes. Um, I, I genuinely screamed when he came on. <laughs> was his name like Alfred or something? It was something fantastic. Just like wait, why? There's um feel like John Early at one point screeches in this movie and I really felt it. I was so excited to see him in this. It's exciting to see gay bartenders in uh in media. Yes, representation. It's never you don't usually see it happen a lot, but you know, it happens in real life. So Yeah. And the fact that he doesn't have his straight boss's number. Very he's real. afraid of Adam Levine. It all tracks. Like. Oh my god! <laughs> we, he's also in this movie, Adam Levine. Uh, horrible. He... I need you to know that I have Adam Levine's IMDb page open, and it's somewhere I never wanted to be. But here we um, are. Is he in stuff other than American Horror Story? This and American he, Horror Story. He had he the um, like blood orgy with Lady Gaga in American Horror Story, right? To tear no. you apart. 
no, that was he, Matt Bomber. He got okay. like Thank right. God. He got like a blowjob from he's in someone in season two, and like she ends up getting. Yes, killed. he's in the cold open of asylum, and he like gets his arm torn off. God about that! Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, no, his IMDb page is just like Pitch Perfect three and like lip sync battle Philippines. The blood know. orgy <laughs> on American Horror Story was formative it's, to me, even though oh, that was yeah. hotel. That was hotel, was it? Yeah. Hotel was by far the. Uh, American Horror Story season that I saw the least of. I think I saw like oh. one episode at Garrett Lyons' apartment. And like Schmidt from New Girl was getting mm-hmm. anally raped while like by Sarah the, the, Paulson watched on. By and the I ghoul w- in the mattress, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> These are real sentences. <laughs> They're real things. <laughs> um, I need to rewatch it because of Lady Gaga, you know, in a, in a post-Stars Born like lens i feel like yeah. it would be nice i want to watch um, the episode of the sopranos that she was on what? what oh yeah 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 wasn't she like a co-star or something <laughs> she was she was like a teen on some bleachers in like a bodega being like hey mister give me my cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> new york like the beginning of her HBO special where she walks into the bodega with no pants on. It's very Lisa. <laughs> Lady very Gaga new. is one She's of like, the housewives so on next season of Real Housewives of New Jersey. I <laughs> would kill. I actually Stephanie. followed her sister on Instagram yesterday. Um, she hasn't accepted the request, but we'll what, what would What would her tagline be, Lady Gaga, if she was on Real Housewives of New Jersey? I'm Italian. <laughs> She would be like, I'm a star, and I was born this way. I, oh, I'm a star, but I wasn't born yesterday. Wow. <laughs> I may so, be a star. Because we are four fun moms, who do we think we would each be in this? Mm. <sighs> I, could... I have a hard time with these because I always pick the one I want to be and not the one I am. Yeah, not who yeah. you want to be, but who, who are we? We can do both of those. I feel like that's like every time anyone watches Girls, they're like, I wish I was Jessa, but everyone's Hannah and yeah. <laughs> you have to live your life the way you're living it. Um, With Sex in the City too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, not trying to be unique, but I might be the only self-admitted Carrie in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> that's brave. That's really brave. I think I'm- you're Charlotte though, actually. You're a Charlotte. <laughs> Sam, you're a Charlotte... Um, Sun Miranda Moon. Mm. No, 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 no. Charlotte Moon's Miranda Sun. I apologize. <laughs> Harry Rising. So we're off track. Um, who? <laughs> I, I which fun? Which be, fun mom are we? I am. Is it? It's easier to go by who you're not. You, I think. Yeah. Like I could see you being Tony Sam because of the whole like smoking a joint in the bathtub thing. <laughs> That's true. When Tony took out that joint, I was like, oh, this is the one I'm going to project on. <laughs> like, got it, got it, got it. And also, I, I, um, the, the emptiness of the bathtub oh, yeah. really resonated with me. With just like the I, rug and the She pillow. was sitting on a, like a furry yeah. pillow. Because I love, fully clothed. I love the idea of being in the bath and I find it relaxing, but the hot water is just, it's so hot. It makes me sweat. It's oh, so hot. So, I was like, whoever thought of, just being in the bath without water. <laughs> I'm going to go take a bath right now. I totally did. I take one every day. We should have Ever done since this my job shut down again, I'm like, I take a bath at least <laughs> twice a day. 
But um, I want to be. I want to be traffic. Do you think I'm allowed to be or no? I was going to say I feel like traffic is the one that I don't want to be, but I am. Mm. Oh, it's yeah. interesting because she's so like. I don't know. I just feel like Bridget Everett is such a specific person, but yeah. this character is very like structured and a hard ass kind of. You know, like she's yeah. yeah she's like loves the military and she yeah. like loves being a mom volunteer. So maybe I'm not her. I think in like the I, the bluntness I can see with with you, Sam. Like I feel like you would uh, I think you would handle Tony's character with the the power that Bridget handles Tony's character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish that I could say that I was a Tony, but if I'm ever in a situation where I feel like the outsider, my instinct, Tony's instinct when she feels like an outsider in this movie, because it's a thing with her character that she feels like she doesn't really have many mom friends. So she kind of flips that on itself and says, well, I'm too good for these moms anyway. Whereas mm-hmm. when I feel like an outsider, I turn that into a more evident self-hatred and I just like disappear into myself. So I feel like I'm not a Tony, even though I mm. want to be. I kind of identified with shitface in this movie, but okay. that might be because I'm PMSing and feeling like lost. <laughs> I also think there's... <clears throat> A duality to all of them right it's like who they are at like morning pickup and who they are like actually Ooh, that none of big them little really lies know. yeah yeah so there's so much of that that happens in the movie so like what part of their personality can this be? movie walked so big little lies could run <laughs> <laughs> i also didn't think it was like it's funny because i feel like this was supposed to be like almost a parody of these this genre almost yeah but it was actually like the relationships formed were more believable than most of the mom, the fun mom movies. Like, yeah, I actually felt like they were, um, I don't know. Like I could see why they, like, I actually believe Tony enjoyed being around them after a bit. And I, I feel like they actually all had like a cute friendship. I think what happened was it strained, it, it strained credibility, like just enough where it's like, you wonder things like where are their phones if they're swimming or like, you know, why are they running around? But like it, you went with it because it was, it was believable just enough. Like it wasn't yeah. outlandish. It wasn't like a crime caper. It wasn't like, you know, date night with Tina Fey and <clears throat> Steve Carell or whatever. It, it was actually believable circumstances, yeah. but like funny. It was and they like, never yeah. really like yeah. crossed the line. Like, no. I, because I think it was so short, they never took it too far. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of wished that that was one thing, even though I did love this movie, sometimes I kind of wished that the stakes would get a little bit higher or it would at some point seem like a character was actually in danger or like something bad was actually about to happen. Because even when those two, when Adam Scott and I think Rob Hubel get locked out of the house with the two kids, there's nothing, it kind of gets solved almost immediately. And sometimes mm-hmm. I wished that like a little bit more chaos was happening. But I also yeah. did like, I feel like this movie was kind of two moms too many to be a Nora Ephron film because all of the relationships did seem very genuine, but there maybe might not have been enough time to like dig into all of those relationships. Yeah. But I also but I didn't think- particularly 
feel the need to. It just kind of seemed almost halfway through being like an exploration into mom friendships on like a sincere emotional level and being a sort of madcap hangover type movie. And I kind of wish that it had like picked one, but also the movie that we got was very enjoyable and I really enjoyed it. It seems like a very good like sick day movie. Yes. And it was fun. Like the antics were like believable, but like also crazy. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was kind of fun to be like, I was just like, found myself thinking like, what time is it? Like they've gone to like six places. They've had like 12,000 drinks and they're just like now doing karaoke, which (laughs) honestly has happened. And then I was like, wait, this has happened to me. So I'm like, and they actually have like suburban mom money. So I was like, okay, this kind of makes sense. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. whatever. Like They're also in like LA, I think, or like LA yeah. adjacent. LA adjacent for sure. And I only um, noticed because my roommate, Hannah, friend of the pod, uh, TBT Box Girls, <laughs> oh. kept, saying, kept saying throughout the movie, I could never live in LA. She kept saying, I could never do this. I could never live in LA. And then at the end of the movie, she was like, I think I could live in LA. <laughs> wow, this movie made her like Hollywood dreams. Yeah. Abroad. And then Rachel like Dickerman. Maybe the most chill version of LA. Yeah. And then I could never have around. nights out like this because I, you know, would have to drive from place to place. That's mm-hmm. insane to me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's why they have their berry. That Molly, scary Molly Shannon was scared of. <laughs> sometimes I, sometimes I like, I sometimes I kind of wish that I could just drive places instead of having to get on the train where there's other people. But then mm-hmm. I remember that I would never really be able to get like stub- substantively drunk in public mm-hmm. ever again. Yeah. Unless I like Ubered, and I was like, Ugh. and uh, life hack: you can drink Subway beers. Yeah, you can't do that when you're driving. But you can drink Uber beers. I can't. It's just very bad. I mean, yeah. No, you can't. I, I think I saw someone drinking and driving the other day, but I was like, you know what? I went to I went to get a physical the other day, and my doctor and I have a new doctor. She was like, so how often do you like take substances? Like, how often do you smoke weed? And I said every day, and she was like, you know what? It's 2020. She was like, cut down when the pandemic ends, but until then, <laughs> you have a free. Daddy Biden is gonna. Daddy Biden is gonna legalize. Daddy Biden. <laughs> this is new. I'm just trying it out. Don't. No. You've heard of Daddy Cuomo? Get ready yes. for Daddy Joe. And that's where it ends. <laughs> if mommy Daddy com, means mommy com com person who is about to be guillotined. Then I welcome oh, Daddy really, Cuomo and you're Daddy gonna, Biden. You're gonna guillotine them as soon as they're inaugurated. I mean, not personally. <laughs> Fun. Daddy You've been on Biden too much dinner. of leftist Twitter, Samantha. <laughs> God. I also thought um, for the um, the writing, not to like whose wife was it again? Uh, one of the brothers. Oh, Paul Rudd's wife. Oh, Paul Paul Rudd's wife. I don't mean to like... Be a misogynist? No, I don't mean to shit on the writing, but there were a lot of scenes where I was like, this, it would be such like bad writing, but the cast like made it so good. Mm -hmm. Like even that like first dinner scene when they're like, they make their own dinner and then they have dinner. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like there are so many lines that Tony like said that felt real, but like the actual text itself, I was like, how did she figure out how to make that sound believable? <laughs> like, what was that just... Shailene Woodley show that made her the famous? Secret Life of the American uh, Teenager. Yeah. That was the first experience I ever had with like good actors, bad writing, where I was like, mm. I didn't watch that show. I watched like maybe 10 minutes of an episode of it, but I remember being like, she's a good actress. Yeah. Why is this terrible? <laughs> but like, she was so yeah. good that it was like, oh, okay she's carrying this like she's like lifting that on her and back that's a like, good deal if you want to like have a breakout moment and you're mm-hmm. actually really talented it doesn't really matter what you're in because you can be the best thing in something like Bridget Everett kind of knew she was the make or break for this movie I feel like just because mm-hmm. like yeah. Tony's good of course they're all good but like Bridget had the best the best jokes and Molly to an extent Molly Shannon did yeah but like you could tell she was like, I'm just going to ham it up and whatever. Like, this isn't, this isn't a big deal. This is a paycheck. Like, mm-hmm. They all had to just it. be like a lot straighter than Bridget did, I think. And she got, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit more freedom to like be I a mean, little bit she was bit wearing like half wilder. a cocktail dress, half a unicorn onesie the whole movie. <laughs> which I thought was actually pretty brilliant. She looks stunning. Her boobs? Are you kidding her me? Boobs. I'm attracted to her. Oh my god! I really I'm am. So I think. Yeah, before yeah. I started the movie, before I started the movie, Jake was like, "Bridget looks so hot. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> Just you oh, wait." Oh wait, we have to say who we are. We haven't finished that. Oh yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Okay, so, am I Molly Shannon? I feel like none of us are into social media enough. Mm-hmm. To be Excuse me. Molly Shannon. I'm trying to think of who which one of us is on Instagram most often. It might it might be Jake. Yeah, it's, it's Jake. I identify with her paranoia with weed. Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah. But well, hmm. when they're when she says that she thinks they're being followed. Yeah. <laughs> I was I raised my hand like I was in school in attendance and attendance was being called. <laughs> like, I'm being well, seen. Lisa, who I was are like, you? that's me. <laughs> Let's figure out who Lisa is and then we'll trickle down. Um, <laughs> well, she did mention earlier that her puppy was licking a clonopin, so I feel like <laughs> maybe Tony. <laughs> For those listening, I'm not abusing animals. I dropped yeah. a clonopin on the floor and my dog tried to eat it, but she didn't because I'm a good mom. <laughs> I do I I do just feel like Tony like, let her just like Tony kids to use the bathroom. You know, right she gave up she her smoking. And yeah. Tony, like, uh, Tony also wears Depends to workout class. Oh, that was great. I love Because she's had four awesome. kids. Does that mean I do? What? Wait, what are well, we saying here? <laughs> don't have four kids, Lisa, because I think you will. Too. We didn't give birth to them. <laughs> Us? Yeah. Yeah, we have kids, but we didn't give birth to them. She yeah, was talking kids. mostly about her vagina that was large from the children. <laughs> right, right. I did. I, would, I, I did like kind of. Uh, I did wish that Andrea Savage was in that movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm typecasting, but Andrea Savage. It seems. I don't know if anybody has seen the show. I'm sorry on Netflix, but mm. it's it's genuinely. I thought that one of the child actors was the child actress who plays Andrea Savage's daughter in this movie, but it wasn't. They just looked similar, but. She has this sitcom on Netflix that's all about, like, being the mother to, like, a five-year-old and also being, like, a comedy writer and sort of 
managing that. And I thought that she would have been so fun in this movie. And I think I watched, yeah, I think I watched the first episode of the show. She's been in a bunch of stuff as well. She's from like, I I, I feel like she's like a UCB person, maybe. Mm. Oh my God, you know who's in this movie, Sam, for two seconds? Who? Someone who is literally on United States of Terra, but I forget. She was the babysitter for Shitface towards the beginning. Oh. And I recognize her from Tara. I think she's one of the ones who's like homophobic or something. Is she is she the girl that Buck slaps her ass in the pilot and she's just like, Hi, no. Mrs. Brexton? No, no, she's I think she's involved with the like that's enough unique scene, but she's not <gasps> unique. Oh my god. But I speaking of, that principal was in this movie too. I fucking miss United States of Tara. Did you notice the principal was in this movie too? No. She was I didn't. one of the moms in the carpool line in the in the she like the one who, she's also in search party. I Our honestly know what I'm talking I, about. I really <laughs> think I really, I really think that I'm going to watch this movie like multiple times after this. Yeah, I think it's a cult classic. I think we should start throwing rice and toilet paper at the movie. <laughs> and I was so surprised. I went on Letterboxd, the movie rating app, to rate it, and none of my friends on Letterboxd had seen it before. Okay, to be fair, the trailer is complete garbage. <laughs> This is like. Is it? I have to see no, it. No, we've watched the trailer. It's it makes the movie look so bad. Like every, they use all the least. Don't remember watching the trailer. They use all the least funny oh, lines, yeah. and then like the pacing good. is really awkward. They don't. Well, they didn't have a lot to give away, maybe because yeah, it's so short. It just feels it feels weird because they're rushing the main aspect of the movie, which is like that they become friends. So it seems like why are these moms running around for no reason? I don't know. Oh. The trailer looks really bad. Um, also, they also, I think, include the poop-throwing poop. scene in the trailer, which is an instant turnoff. By Disgusting. far the worst part of the entire movie. And it happens that within the first sick. 30 seconds of the movie it's beginning. I will good. say, when, so when the woman got shit thrown on her face, I was like, I could turn off this movie right now. I know exactly what's going to happen. Like, I was yeah. expecting it to be a really big gross-out comedy. It played, honest to God, that joke played as if it was written by like a script doctor because it is so far removed from like the comedy stylings of the rest of the movie mm-hmm. yeah except for the fact that the husbands talk about poop and farting like a little bit too much like i i don't need i don't i don't even need one poop joke uh i famously like didn't like spy kids as a kid because they said the word poop in the movie and i was like that's immature i'm gonna um, i'm gonna I didn't disagree watch with you because <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was like their conversations were really sweet. I don't think their scenes were necessary at all in the entire movie, but the fact that they were there and the way they were done felt, I don't know. They're The men? Yeah, it felt very Oh yeah, like, I didn't hate the scenes, but just the poop. <laughs> <laughs> just just the poop. There was a lot yeah. of poop. There was the fake dog poop, the real person poop. The... Adam Scott saying he loved his kids farting. I thought that was really sweet and cute. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, my dog ate a clonopin and farted and I loved it. I just thought like the way he said it was really sweet. Like it's just it felt like a very like Adam Scott talking about his own kids. Yeah. It felt like a like an improv- improvised moment. I don't know. I just thought it was like really like weird. No, and their cute. scenes were actually so cute. Um, that felt like what you were saying, Brandon, like where it was trying to be like a reversal or like a like kind of play on the usual like fun mom yeah. movies where like the dads were kind of doing like the mom thing and the moms were mm-hmm. doing like the boy mm-hmm. thing, which like Got a little heavy-handed at moments, but I think it was 
there were some moments like like the fart moment i thought that was cute well yeah, yeah and the, the relationship with the men wasn't like toxic mask either so that was nice mm-hmm. right they were yeah. just being guys and just it, guys being dudes yeah and like, Scott. They, they, oh. sorry i was just gonna say they also like the way they spoke about their wives and this was so different from the typical like movies like this where like it wasn't like the ball and chain situation. Like, I feel like it was more, way more realistic. And they talked about their wives, like, as normal people talk about their significant other. Like, it was, mm-hmm. they did care about them. Like, it wasn't like, oh, she does this and I hate it. And like, mm-hmm. I'm so glad they're out. Yeah. Adam Scott really took me on a ride throughout this movie because for a good part of it, he seems like he might be the worst spouse to ever live. Yeah. He like won't kiss his wife on the mouth in one of his first appearances. And then she's like, oh, he has this thing about messing up my lipstick. And then later on, she's like, my husband hasn't even hugged me in a year. In yeah. 10 years. I was like, what the f-? I was so she- mad. Honestly, when she kissed Adam Levine, I was so happy. I was like, go cheat yeah. on your husband. He sucks. Like, when when she tries to, like, seduce him after, while, like, while he's brushing his teeth and he just, like, walks by, very sad. Uh, there's a moment early on in this movie where Shitface goes to get into bed for the night and Adam Scott is like, you want to watch a little John Oliver? And my <laughs> pussy has never been drier than it was in that moment. Oh my God. I agree. I agree. I literally like when she said, she was like, no. I like out loud was like, ugh, me. Like, <laughs> but it also very God, You never is... asked me to watch that. Thank you. It Maybe very one is. Of you... Oh, sorry, guys. Oh, sorry. It's just that it's very like what I imagine LA couples' married <laughs> conversations to be like. Is that you want to watch John Oliver? Actually, I'd rather have sex. Well, I'm just trying to watch John Oliver right now. <laughs> I did like that right after she was like turned over and she goes, oh, would you take uh, Alice to school in the morning? And he just goes, no fucking way. But he's like watching, <laughs> watching the show. Watching John Oliver. Which, yeah. Do you ever say that to John Oliver? I don't. I actually don't watch them. <laughs> but they talk about that all the, like the other guys like, yeah, she gives me a blowjob when I watch Kimmel. Like, <laughs> like who like watches Jimmy like, Kimmel? Like, like so intently that they notice inspire. when commercial breaks happen. Jimmy Kimmel does not inspire oral sex, I don't think. I'm not sure. Maybe one of you can help everybody. me figure this out, but there's a comedian, I forget who it is, or maybe it's in a show, I don't know, but they're talking about how much they hate watching movies about married couples where, like, in every single movie, any woman over 30, like, the getting ready for bed scene, she, scene, she's just, like, lotioning her arms, and she's like, what woman <laughs> in the world, like, actually does this, like, but it's in every movie, and I thought it was brilliant that in this movie, it was Adam Scott lotioning his hands while she was going, yeah. like, laying down for oh, bed, God. and I was like, yes, so I remember seeing... so true. <laughs> I remember like, seeing on Parenthood. my arms like that. <laughs> on Parenthood, like, years ago, there's a scene of the grandma lotioning her arms, and she looked so, like earthy and beautiful in that moment that I was like, I think I have to start lotioning my arms. But then I like touched my arms and I was like, oh, they're soft actually. Just on their own. How come there's no scenes in movies of uh, couples both putting Vaseline on their hands and then putting socks on their hands and then going and then both all going both going to bed together with socks on their hands? I like that you guys are doing those motions at the same time. Like that's something you both do right before bed. (laughs) 
We well, no, both like, that never at the same time. That's, the thing, like, gonna, that's like my able to have emergencies. That's my like <laughs> deep winter trick when my hands are like cracked. Deep crack, winter. Like, deep Wait, winter from like bartending and washing. <laughs> yeah, it works. And then I like mm. slather them in Vaseline, and then Jake will like put a sock on each one right before I fall asleep. And then I wake up in the morning, and they're like the softest they've ever been. Yeah, if you have like cracked, cold skin, but it's like, really that's the closest I ever get to the women putting lotion on their hands they before bed. They lotion their whole arms up to their elbows. While and it's like, literally you didn't every talk to me at dinner tonight. Like every movie, like I'm like I never noticed it, shows. but now I do. I'm like, why? I always think about that. Kate Blanchett and Mrs. America. I also oh, some liberals. Really, really sticks with me too i genuinely thought that you just made up the vaseline and socks thing on the spot and i was like that's why they call him the improv god i like that you say vaseline with a z sam they call me the improv god vaseline vaseline but no something that also in that same vein not to uh beat dead horse but like this I, I don't know why I always remember this, but in the first, like, Paranormal Activity movie. Uh-oh. Um, a ghost Vaseline the, their arms. The wife, like, puts... <laughs> she's, like, in, like, going to bed scene. She's, like, putting on deodorant right before she goes to bed. And I'm always... Like, that has stuck with me for so long. And Like, like for who? For what? I don't know. That's what I'm, like... <laughs> Like, am I supposed to do that? Like, when I, like, open my getting, like, when I'm getting ready for bed, I, like, open the cupboard and I see the deodorant there every night. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I, is this supposed to be a part of my Maybe routine? it was antiperspirant and she was, like, trying not to sweat. I put, I put deodorant on before I go to bed and then really? every morning. And you put it on twice? Yeah. I'm Why? stinky. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> yes you do you've known me for seven years yeah but i don't smell you i, I had to have stunk once oh back i've never remembered I mean, you to stink but i've never smelled you, you in a bad way anytime well i don't really tend to stay friends with people who smell that bad so by default you're my least smelliest friend <laughs> oh my god i've known you the longest <laughs> Wow. What about how all natural deodorant um, smells like doesn't work? It just smells like branches and sweat. Like it's still gross. All natural deodorant literally smells like sweat. How does deodorant negatively affect the environment? I just want to know. Well, apparently in deodorant, there are things that uh, can cause breast cancer. Mm. I feel like being like, I'm all natural with my smell. It would be like, I'm, I'm all natural and like, I don't brush my teeth <laughs> like that's the next no, step it's called like i don't know it's it's like grooming hygiene it's, it's something that we have access to now like okay i might cut this out of the final podcast depending on how i'm feeling while i'm editing and i can i and i cannot possibly know what it's like to have breast cancer because i've never had breast cancer but in the events that i had to choose between smelling bad all the time and having breast cancer, I would pick breast cancer. And maybe that's because I'm like ruled by the patriarchy. Uh, 
but everybody else is just going to have to deal with the fact that I smell great and may develop cancer at some form in my life. Well, also, tell that to Tony in Miss You Already. I know. Also, like, she has that whole bit in Miss You Already where she's talking to somebody about how deodorant causes breast cancer. And she's like, well, I already have breast cancer, so you, what do you suggest I do about it? Um, I think that if I died of breast cancer, it, that, that would be fine. Sam, please don't <laughs> say that. I'll be your Drew Barry. I also though. think that, like, name your kid. No, there's so much, so much. Uh, oh my god! Like genetic history with breast cancer. That like, yeah. I don't yeah. think that like wearing deodorant. I don't think that deodorant push you over the edge. Right. It's not the deciding factor. No. I also think that if you don't have any genetic predisposition to have to get breast cancer like i don't think that you're gonna spontaneously develop it because you chose where to wear deodorant, deodorant yeah. every day yeah but that is me a, a non-scientist <laughs> yeah i just think that more often than not you don't get breast cancer from deodorant yeah yeah most likely if you get cancer from anything, it's from like the poisoned water tower in your town. That's how everybody in my hometown got Long cancer. Island apparently has so much breast cancer in it. Yeah, because um, all of our water. fucking water towers are poisoned. Water towers are the Long Island version of 9/11. And I'm and and, and I'm not being like hyperbolic because many of the deaths associated with 9/11 came like years after 9-11 oh yeah because there were all those toxins in the air in downtown manhattan after Uh, and fucking rudy giuliani was like new york strong we're going to send everybody back to work on 9 13 but it's like actually Mm -hmm. the toxins in the air gave everybody cancer like 10 years later so if you're a native New Yorker, you probably well, that's not fair to say. I was about to say you probably know somebody who died of nine eleven, but I mean, for all I know, your entire family could be in the Bronx. Well, now COVID is killing more people than nine eleven every day. So Yeah. Um oh, wait, we, we can't talk hear about nine eleven so much on this podcast. Better? Sorry. Yes. Oh yeah. Is it ignorant of me to say that? people comparing the numbers of like deaths in 9-11 versus this i thought way more people died in 9-11 than they did oh yeah um not that not a lot of people died but i just thought it was so many more people you would think it would be a bigger deal but apparently three thousand deaths is nothing nowadays but 20 years ago it was like considering it's the number one trump card for any argument you have against the government ever you would mm-hmm. think that more people would have died on 9-11. I really thought more died, which is, again, not to say that, like, that's not a lot of people, but I Every really thought di- it was, like, millions of right. people. Right, and not to think that it wasn't mm-hmm. traumatizing. Of course it was traumatizing. That is not arguable. But I think that we all have a weird separate trauma of 9-11 that we're supposed to feel, that they told us to feel um it's very strange trying to like universalize a trauma that was so specific for everybody who was directly or indirectly involved with Mm 9-11 because for many people like i mean my best friend in middle school her dad had died in 9-11 and her trauma was much different from somebody who for example i follow somebody on tumblr who's dad died after developing cancer from the toxins that were in the air Mm. after 9-11 so he died in like 2010 or something and 
I don't actually know if his death is like counted among the 9-11 deaths in the official mm-hmm. like tally. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably not. It's probably like 3,000 people died that day. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just crazy because now people are like, and then we have all these shootings that we're desensitized to and we have like, yeah. you know, COVID now and like fucking the border and all this shit. And it's just like, well, do we even care? Why do we care only about this? when we've had 19 or like 20 more years of the worst of even worse not even worse but like really bad just as bad shit you know yeah Yeah, i mean yeah yeah. it's crazy and it's like every every time you say that black lives matter there's some fucking 40 year old asshole from marine park talking about the first responders on 9-11 and it's like well i don't think the police officers uh did much on 9-11 they probably did but who cares you know what <laughs> i'm pretty sure it was like a firefighter operation when it yeah, came to saving lives on the fire like running around putting out the fire like what are you doing arresting people who died like the terrorists you were who died? arresting not- people who died no, like terrorists <laughs> in the planes. The terrorists that in the planes were suicide. That sounds about as accurate as it gets. Yeah, there was no fucking arrests to be made on that. <laughs> yeah, there were no arrests. They all died in the planes. So exactly, like, the offenders we died on impact. So, sorry. Yeah. If you were a cop on 9-11 who didn't immediately join the police force, then you don't have anything to say to me. Sorry, the fire department. If you were a cop on 9-11, I'm going to delete this. If you were a cop on 9-11 who didn't join the fire department on 9-12, then you can't say anything. Useless. Firemen are fucking incredible. They're badass. They're the supreme. Yeah. They really are. Law enforcement or law defense. Law enforcement. Okay, so Both of my grandpas were... Yeah, is Brandon writing a book right now? What's Brandon's happening? writing <laughs> more and more doodling. notes about this movie, so I think we should get back on top of <laughs> I love that. I have a little thing in my notes app about things that I wanted to talk about, but there's a lot of them. Literally I've moved on. I'm, I'm just doodling. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I've moved on from taking formal notes because I like look away at my phone too much, and then I get distracted and I scroll. So now I just resonate with the film, and then I sometimes text myself things I like, just resonate during the with movie. The film. Honestly, the only two notes I wrote down because I was planning on writing notes, but then I just started texting Lisa things that, that were funny. <laughs> um, but I did write down tapas, mm. that moment when, <laughs> when she's like, a topless place? And Molly Shannon's like, yeah, a topless place. We, we love, we thought that would be a great idea for us to go with dancers and <laughs> loved that. I love that too. There are also a couple like fake out moms that I thought were going to be a part of the movie that didn't end up. Like the Australian one that we discussed, yeah. like the one non American was- mom. Oh, wasn't she the, the teacher? Yeah, she, oh, was, she was the teacher. Teacher Emily or something. But then there was one who looked like Taylor Armstrong. Mm. Or reminded me, she was like, I forget who she was talking to. I um she might have been talking to Molly Shannon about rose budding in the beginning. Oh, oh yeah. My God. Oh that's so cute. <laughs> I'm so glad they addressed what that was. Also, <laughs> I don't really know what rose budding was. Yeah, like, we like don't I need already... to talk about it. What Let's let that? Sam look it up and experience it. Yeah, look it up, <laughs> Sam. I'm pretty sure it's just when you you get your um rose budding side effects was the suggested the action or practice of letting Oh, no, this is um God, what's it? What's it fucking called? It's called Pink Sock. 
No, you it's suck. called Rose Buddy. When when somebody's <laughs> anus prolapses during sex. Yeah, it's a sex. prolapsed anus. Yeah, that um, I had. I was hooking up with what a guy who like it's inverted. Used to watch porn where that happened, and I was <laughs> very taken aback by it. And then I, think I couldn't. Is a very romantic way to describe it. That's lovely. I truly, yeah. I I would get like upset about it. I'm honestly still upset that there's rosebudding porn because I feel like, like I it's mean, it's not safe to film. It's not fucking safe. And if you're letting your anus prolapse in order to pay your rent, then I'm sorry, but that's not consensual. Like. You know, like, all, like, like all my love to sex workers. But if you're putting yourself in genuine medical danger, then I think that maybe you should have been paid a living wage for just the regular anal scene. You know what? When my mom listens to this, it's going to be an interesting text conversation. <laughs> Hi, mom. Like, I, I, <laughs> Brandon has left the chat. He just like I just leaned feel out of like, camera. Oh. I just feel like there has to be some kind of regulation within the porn industry because you're never going to actually get rid of the porn industry, but there has to be some sort of regulation where there needs to be, like all porn stars need to be paid like a living wage, Mm -hmm. like a universal basic income sort of deal. This is, this is things that I'm coming up with on the spot (laughs) while I am tipsy. So it might not be true, but I feel like in order, because there's so many things that happen in the porn industry where like porn stars get roped into doing things that they don't want to do because yeah. it means the difference between them being able to pay rent or buy food that next day or whatever. Well, so I I'm feel like if there's a union because I literally like you know how like in like acting gigs and like entertainment stuff you get paid more for like certain things like nudity, you get paid more for like pyrotech pyro like um, when there's like fire involved like I think yeah, I got paid I got paid extra to be an extra on Maisel because we had smoke on set. Yeah. Like, and and then like Tinkerbell at Disney world who (laughs) flies through the fireworks for three seconds. She flies through the fireworks from the top of the castle at the end of the the fireworks show. Um, Literally like a nine second shift. Right. She makes like $800 because she flies through fireworks. Yeah, oh, like and on um, and on the set of pornos, they should have an intimacy coordinator there to ask the woman if your rent was not such and such dollars per month, would you still be letting your asshole fall out of your asshole? And if she says no, then there need then there needs to be a change. <laughs> your asshole fall out. <laughs> like it may, like it makes me so upset. I don't know. I Oh my like, god, I just realized first things to oh god. that on Schitt's Creek their hotel is called the Rosebud yeah. Motel. Yeah. That's on <laughs> I mean, I think that I feel like Rosebud has been used as an analogy for um the just, the asshole for a while. I feel I like Jerry that, Williams. Yeah, they were talking about at the end that, of Citizen Kane. Is that what they were talking about? Yes. I don't okay, think great. that just uh, I think that Rosebud is also just a euphemism for anus, period. Not necessarily like the act of this. Yeah, but like, she only it's got. Also, uh, it's also just the anus because but... it looks like a rosebud. Well. <laughs> well, I think. I also think that Molly. <laughs> well. 
That's a, <laughs> that's a stretch, I would say, to say an anus looks like a rosebud. Excuse me, but speak for yourself. That's a stretch. <laughs> but that's I, a stretch, ew! <laughs> but I will say, I don't think Molly Shannon would have been getting all of those followers on Instagram no. if it wasn't about this specific Oh, of course not. Sexual no, I'm saying that is the sexual act, but I'm also saying in Shit's Creek terminology, I think that was just oh. like a cheek, like rolling shit, rosebud, you know. Um, how about when they're <laughs> smoking a joint in the bathroom stall yeah. at the restaurant and this little girl comes in and she's like, I'm going to call the manager unless then, you get me a strip steak. Oh, I do you mean her. the only black person in the movie? Ah! <laughs> yes, I do. Yep. I she appeared and I was like, oh my goodness! (laughs) It's like the Wizard of Oz Technicolor. Yeah, (laughs) pay no attention to the systemic racism behind the curtain. (laughs) It's fun mom dinner, Sam. It is, and we do have to agree. We do not live in a racially integrated society as a. And also, um, that's true though, because like, why are there never any black moms in like? mom movies yeah. well because the truth is i don't think any sane black mother would want to hang out with those ladies <laughs> well right they have their they have like their own like mom i thought they were fun comedies that are that are actually better like what that movie was that movie with um like the bad moms with mila kunis no that's another white person movie lisa i'm talking about okay, the one with I tiffany haddish and... <laughs> oh are you talking Girl about strip? Oh, yeah, there was um yes, there there was that um the the white girl road trip movie and the black girl road trip movie came out at the same time in like girls trip and no girls night girls night was when they murdered the stripper. Oh, girls night. Rebel Wilson. What? No, was it? What Rebel is? Wilson's in? Wait, oh, no, is there a comedy starring Rebel Wilson where they murder a stripper? No, it's yes. it's, it's Alana Glazer. It's and, Alana Rebel Wilson's uh, in it. Are you sure? That's yeah. Rough Night, I think. That's Rough, rough Night. Yeah. Rough Night and then Girls Trip. Isn't like Black, Scarlett Johansson in that? No. Rough Somebody Night. Well, is Scarlett Johansson's in Girls. Char- Scarlett Maybe. Johansson plays a black woman in Girls Trip. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm just kidding. She thinks she she like thinks she can do that. Yeah. That's an old joke. <laughs> 2017 Maybe humor. She played a tree, right, right. I love right, Scarlett Johansson as the matchmaker in the Mulan remake. <laughs> I love Scarlett Johansson in my TikTok that I made where I play Laura Dern in Marriage Story. I love Scarlett Johansson playing Nene Leakes in the movie adaptation of Real Housewives of Atlanta, season one. <laughs> okay, oh my gosh, she would slay. Scene, the original Fun Mom dinner, dinner scene, fully a Real Housewives dinner where they do not yes. care about disrupting the dining experience of everyone else in the restaurant <laughs> and are just screaming at each other and yeah. calling each other cunts. And I actually, it's that was great. an interesting dialogue I because... Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> oh, you can say that, right, Sam? <laughs> cunt? Yeah. 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 Well, Lisa okay. and I can say cunt. And Lisa I'm... And you, can say it. you know what? I'm going to bestow <laughs> it upon you and Brandon right now. You and Brandon are allowed to say cunt. Passing Is this baton. because you said faggot in that podcast last week? Yes. <laughs> This is me making it up to you. (laughs) Can you believe that this episode is coming out after the episode about the fucking Iraq war drama? No. Tony's filmography is at this point too varied and I have like 
I can't believe it. Because, like, imagine if we were doing, like, you know, I love her, but, like, Drew Barrymore. You know what? It would just be, like, 1,000 Adam Sandler movies. And, like, <laughs> they would all be the same. But Tony's got, like, The Iraq War, Fun Mom Dinner, Blinky Bill, the Australian cartoon. Um, yeah, action movie. This Nazi, this neo-Nazi undercover movie with Daniel Radcliffe. Triple X, I The was, Return of Xander Cage. I was really shocked that I, I hadn't seen as many Tony Collette movies as I thought I had when I was, you know, preparing for this evening. Yeah, she I was like, like really disappointed in myself that I hadn't seen as many. She has so as many I movies. It's wild. It's pretty. It's it's insane. I mean, like she was. I'm just. What was I saying? Oh, I was trying to say about the dinner scene. I feel like she was so believe. She started playing this type, which she's played a lot, but it's kind of like recently, as once she hit like momhood um, era, like 2010-ish, she like always plays the like sexy, aloof, kind of mean mom, like a lot. Because mm-hmm. because that's how her American accent kind of is. It's mm-hmm. so interesting because she has she- been such like a warm presence to me since I was a child. Right. Not to see her now <laughs> playing the like offbeat, like rebellious mother in this movie. Also, I'm like, in, like knives out. Like- but she does that in a lot of movies. Sam, like Blueberger, even. Yeah, that's true. Knives yeah. Out. Oh, yeah, Knives Out. No, like, yeah. she's, like, yeah, I feel like more commonly, like, more often than not, she's playing, like, a yeah, she's either a sassy like, or, like, mean Sassy person. mean mom or, like, the psychotic break, like, addicted sad mom. Do you think like no United States of Terra kind of, like, changed her casting pool? Like, yeah, for sure. Absolutely, because she plays so many different characters on that. Mm-hmm. And she, that was kind of like her 2010s, like, break, I would say, because before that was very normal mom type. Not fun mom. Not fun mom. <laughs> Not, you know. I would like to um, discuss a topic yes. about this film, because... <laughs> I was about to bring up a different topic. Let's well, a topic. Let's see if they're the same. Well, I was gonna say it's kind of a so first of all, do we think that I can already tell that um, it's not the same point. Go on. Shitface should be should have maybe left her husband. Yes. And second of all, like the same like broader version of this, like I'm just, like, so tired of, like, I feel like every movie of not only the genre, but just in any comedy with, like, older, like, middle-aged people, I guess, it's just, like, why is it, like, every couple that's married, like, is tolerating each other? And, mm-hmm. like, even, like, the husband was, like, yeah, I just, like, feel like we have to, you know, be somewhat into each other four months out of the year. And I'm, yeah. like... Is that realistic? Like, am I gonna, like, is this gonna be a horrible life? Like, am I, like, crazy to think that I won't, like, despise Jake that much by, like, in 20 years? Like, I feel like there's never, like, a realistic, happy, and if you are in that situation, like, I feel like she should have just been like, you know what? Adam Levine made me realize I'm, like, settling for Adam Scott, even though he decides to, like, replicate my favorite movie. 
Okay, going off of that, later on when Adam Scott dresses up as Jake Ryan to like seduce his wife, I admired that, but I also could not stop thinking about the fact that I've seen 16 Candles and Jake Ryan, this character that Tony and Shitface obsess over, is a (laughs) fucking dud. Like he is by far the least endearing, the least Mm -hmm. appealing. 80s like love really? interest of all t- he's so boring i haven't he's seen so that boring. but that's like about it like he's kind of nice sort of to anthony michael uh, no not anthony michael what's his to name to molly ringwald the other um the boy that they talk oh, about oh anthony michael said. hall anthony michael yeah. hall yeah oh, or um ducky john crier that's wait. i'm just i'm just listing cast members from 60 yeah i'm getting that's my pretty singles. in pink that's pretty in pink, i'm thinking so. of yeah Ducky is pretty Wait. Anthony yeah. Michael Hall is like the nerdy one who gets trapped like under the table at Jake Ryan's house at the yeah, Wait, what that's is who Tony likes Wait. who Bridget likes. Oh Bridget likes. Yeah. Wait, Jake yeah. Ryan is pretty in pink? No, yes. Ducky is pretty in pink. No, no, no. Sorry. It's yeah, Jake Ryan candles. is sixteen candles. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I've seen sixteen candles and pretty in pink. And those movies I cannot tell them apart, but also <laughs> no, pretty in pink was better. Pretty in Pink yeah. is definitely better. The dress is awful. Yeah. 16 Candles, I remember. I remember seeing one of those movies and being astonished that I saw like fully nude women in the locker room. Um, and I was At like... 16 Candles because they get the... Un- I was hair. like, oh my God, I'm bisexual. So, like, bring them to the <laughs> you party. Didn't get that from Carrie. <laughs> there it is. Carrie well, in the nude locker room? I didn't because I was like 11 or 12 when I saw Carrie. Oh. So, but I also think that I told my mom that I was bisexual when I was like 12. And she said, actually, I think that you just like the movie Rent. <laughs> and you did. And Those then I've separate events. Those I've are had, not separate things. They're not mutually exclusive, mom. I've they're had not. to come out. I've had to come out to my mom like three times. <laughs> she just keeps thinking I'll grow out of it. I mean, probably like, cause I keep dating men, but. Gotta stop. I had my dating apps set to women only, and then somebody I knew in real life started dating me, and I was I like, "I guess my, this, um, I guess this part of myself that. is put on hold for now." Remember when I set all my dating apps to both in college, just so I would match with all of you guys? Oh my! God. I don't remember, remember that. I had actually. a grinder in college. What? Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. I used Sean's picture, and I just like had a grinder. I have no idea. <laughs> <Do> you catfished <laughs> people? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm not proud of it, but like, <laughs> you lived with him, so didn't people? Were people like, "Why are there two of you?" Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I would mostly. You'll never guess which one of us is real. Oh my god. You know what? There are women on there. They're like, um, I'm just looking for friends. Like, well, you know what? That's always my advice for like people. For like straight women that are my friends that I would get like, a grinder. No, I'm like they're like I'm so sick of Tinder. I'm sick of this. Like I just want to meet blah, blah blah. And I'm like, okay, well if you don't want to date like your typical straight man, then get a grinder and message the bi man. Oh, yeah. easy fuck. because th- you and know that's the like dream anyways. Like yeah, that is the dream. and then you know like because they're on there expecting something very different but then you show up and you're like hey we can have a whole conversation outside of this podcast about dating apps in nevada 
set to yeah. like men and women we can have a whole conversation about Wait, that lisa where are you like living now because are you done with your master's or i'm done yeah i just finished in may wow and i'm i'm in boston right now but i'm living in vegas still but i'm home for a couple months just because what the fuck else am i doing <laughs> so yeah. here for a little bit <laughs> um but yeah i'm still out in nevada very weird territory yeah here's what i think you should do tell me move to new york please give it anywhere from four to 16 months and then hang out with us like you know all of you in this call know right now that all i want every single day when i wake up and go to sleep is to be in new york so (laughs) it will happen eventually once i have money and a job (laughs) you start filming R-H-O-N-V. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Once I start filming Real Housewives in Nevada, then, oh my god, Real Housewives of Las Vegas would actually be incredible. That would fucking slap. And me and my little (laughs) two-bedroom, me and Emily would definitely be on there. (laughs) The richest (laughs) women in Las Vegas. Yes. Yeah, so I wish more than anything that there was like a real grad students of series and then it was just them like studying. Okay, here's the problem though. I've talked about this with friends a lot and we're like, yeah, there should be like a reality show about like MFA programs, but it would just be like people fucking each other and then getting mad and then writing poems and workshopping them to each other's faces. Like that's all it would be. And like that is and that only worked for that only worked for six episodes on Girls season four. Oh so. Exactly. <laughs> okay, she did MFA programs really dirty. They could be done even dirtier, and I think they should be. But <laughs> she, there, there was, was a, that there a was that of opportunity there. There was that scene on you where the main <laughs> character is in like an MFA poetry program, which is oh, fucking yeah. hysterical. And <laughs> they're at like a workshop program and Hari Neff mm. says that she has a facial autism thing where she can't hide what she's thinking. Oh my God, Lisa, speaking of um, Marymount Creative Writing, Jerry texted us um, about coming to like a poetry reading like on, on Zoom and Sam and I both couldn't go. And then we texted him and we we're like, sorry, we missed it. Then he's like, oh, it's okay, but there's there was a big to-do today because apparently there's, like, a 12-year-old genius child that's, like, looking to go to Marymount. And then he goes, must be a second or third-tier child genius if he's considering <laughs> Marymount. Yeah. And then he said that, like, this kid wanted to go to the virtual poetry reading, and Jerry was like, no, he cannot come. And then Genuinely? they were like, no. The horniest event Marymount Manhattan College has to offer yeah. is any given poetry reading. <laughs> so then Jerry made the only sex sexuality on that campus. Yeah, <laughs> and then so Jerry made this um, this child get a permission slip signed by his parents to attend, and then somebody oh and then he sent us the poem that a girl or I guess a person I don't know um, read and. It was, it was like about most- like there was a phrase. It was like underage pussy. He texts us. He's like, "This child genius was considering coming to Marymount. Not anymore." And then he goes, <laughs> "Marymount is truly the island of misfit sex toys." <laughs> you guys, I don't know. I saw Spring Awakening when I was thirteen, and oh, really? 
I, I really wanted to go to Broadway after that, so you never know. Maybe that 12-year-old <laughs> will go. Listen, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be personal and annoying for a minute, but if he texts you again, tell him to email me back because I emailed him a month ago and he has not answered. Uh, speaking of children, how about when they go on the boat and find all the youths on their phones and then they make them dance to Peebo Bryson? That was very relatable. Okay, yeah. listen, I had an emotional response to this because do any of you watch Skins or did you watch UK Skins? Partially, Dang. and then I had to stop because I was too depressed. <gasps> okay, well, clearly I am the champion of depression here because I watched all of it. But <laughs> Zoe, the girl who stole the phone, is Catherine Prescott. And she was in Second Generation Skins. And that really? was like the first like lesbian couple I ever saw on television. Like oh so like celebrated. She played Emily on Skins. And I flipped out also the fact that she it's 10 years later and she's still playing a teenager like good for yeah. you bitch your That's first amazing. teen lesbian <laughs> wild. your first teen lesbian couple is like the biggest thing in the world it's a big deal yeah. and it was it was naomi um so it was naomi and emily and that was her i recognize her from finding carter Yes, she was on is. that CW show or whatever, mm. right? It was, it was like an MTV but she was show. On Skins first about a girl who found yes. out that her mom, who she is very close to, had actually kidnapped her when she was an infant, and mm-hmm. that she IRL belonged to another family that was like super bougie, and she had to like move in with them all of a sudden. And still try to like communicate with her mom who had kidnapped her and be like, but you're my real mom. And it was very like ethically complicated. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was a very, it wasn't like a sexy show, but I thought that it was a sexy show because, um, I had a crush on like the long haired blonde boy who was on it, who had also Mm -hmm. been on the Fosters. Gotcha. As Callie's best boyfriend. Every other car- every other boyfriend that Callie has on the Fosters is like so high stakes and so serious, except for Wyatt, the long-haired blonde boy who's just chilling. And I was like, "This is the boy for you, Callie." And then he left that show to be on Finding Carter, I think, which ended up not getting not doing well for a second yeah. season. These all CW well. shows. These were also. Following up with CW shows, the blonde boy who owns the boat that they go on to in Fun, Mo- Fun Mom Dinner is on Riverdale wow. as Betty's, like, kind of crazy stepbrother. So, Ooh. basically, this movie is really tied into the CW. There's a crossover. Yeah. I think this movie is really tied into everything <laughs> we've ever seen. I couldn't agree more. John Early was um, <laughs> wrote this Tony Collette fanzine that Sam bought me a copy of. Wait, seriously? And, and he interviews her. He they have a podcast of it actually. I think I saw I think he listened to it through IndieWire, but they he like literally interviews Tony Collette because he's a huge fan of her. Like arguably bigger, probably not, but maybe the he's same a, size as us. Yeah. because um, he now. ran because he ran like a Geosities website about her when he was eleven. Yeah. And I never I ran a that. Geosities oh website God. at all. I thought it was GeoCities. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably Geo Geo sounds like a religion, like a um, religion. That's the but name he, of the cult I'm starting. <laughs> Geocities. Geocities, Tony Kletz. 
But yeah, he like got to interview her and he got to be in a movie with her and I would literally want to kill him. Oh my God. <laughs> but he's so fucking talented. True. Is he funny? Or is he just gay? Hmm. No, he no, he's talented. He like he used to write all of these sketches with Kate Berlant, who was like the hottest woman I've ever seen, and so so mm-hmm. funny. And he would post them on YouTube. He did like a short film with her. He's great. I'm just trying to create beef with him so that I can like make a name for myself. <laughs> I mean, has he climbed up the stairs at 1586? I don't think he. I don't think so. He's not. He needs to. One day, I think that we should all just buzz all of the apartments at and get Brandon, Jake, we and really... old apartment and see if we can get him just to climb up the stairs and see if they are still horrible. Oh, and get chased We considered it when we got drinks in... Oh, yeah. The, we went to the, the new Louise, yeah. Mm. We had drinks right outside the door and really thought about just buzzing in or just like going in behind someone with like a bunch of dogs and bags and just coming in. <laughs> I think we could wait outside and get in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Just like drop Yanira's name and we'd be up those stairs. Oh my god. I'm in college, with- we really like owned the streets from seven from like fifty fifth street up until like a hundredth street. I yeah. still do. We at one point, me and Brandon and some other people in our like sophomore year of college, the building like two doors down from Brandon's building on the Upper East Side had the exact same layout and exact same apartments as their apartment. So we one time just like buzzed into that building with Brittany Tucker and Prince Hall and just like walked around the apartment <laughs> that was the equivalent of Brandon's yeah. apartment. You got into no. the building and the, the apartment? apartment? Because, so no, Were Brittany, living there? Brittany, our friend was Which apartment was this? So this was like next door, the building next door, 1584. I think. 1584. Oh, so oh. Brittany, our friend, was like meeting us, but there was an apartment viewing situation and the same apartment that we lived in, but like next door. So she like called us and she's like, where are you guys? Like, she thought we were hiding something. She was like, I came in and all the furniture was gone. And like, she thought we were pulling a prank and she was looking around the apartment for us to find out it was like an, like, it was just an empty apartment, open house that the door was like unlocked. And cause she had followed somebody else into the building. Oh my God. And then, so we like, were like, Oh my God, that's so cool. And then we, and it was the same exact layout. So then we went down and just buzzed everyone to let us in. And then we went into the apartment. <laughs> I did not know the story. It yeah. was genuinely, it was, I felt like oh I was in a God. parallel universe. And that, it, was, it, it had the same thing. It made me so sad because it made me think about like how when you live in New York City, your apartment like isn't really your own. It's, it's like just like where cubes. you're staying for the moment, especially with the way yeah. the rent increases yeah. every year. Like whenever you sign a lease, you're really just signing a lease to wait two or three years before you get priced out. And I don't know. It was crazy. I think our apartment, we moved in. When I moved in to that apartment, it was like 26 27 And when I moved out, it was like Ugh. 32 50 or something. Like, fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like it was significant and, and i think almost, they were trying to make us leave but sam i almost moved in sam I almost, almost got moved there. in yeah but i then just they... associate you with that apartment like i felt like you just lived there so, yeah we put like... you in the buzzfeed quiz i think <laughs> like true. that we made like which york we call it your with well, that, that era when i everyone made making buzzfeed quizzes oh, we're like yeah. which yorkville roommate are you and we've had you in there uh-huh 
I tried to move in there, but then the landlord was like, we need a letter from your guarantor stating all of his assets. And then my dad asked his accountant about that. And he was like, that is a demand that has never been made of me or any of my clients. Because so they then, just did not want to let another generation to move in. No, they just didn't we want to let anyone. We did such a bad job for two years. <laughs> we had mice. Yeah. We had a hole in the wall. We had like so. Sam, I was thinking we could maybe just do a quick finish up the plot and then um, stray thoughts and then awards. I just don't know how to pivot back into it because of um, yes, because of me. Okay, why don't we do another selfishly fucking pee break that I took? <laughs> we'll just take another pause and then I'll do it. No, I'll do I think it. we were long gone before that. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? I have something to say. So we'll take a quick five second pause and then I'll steer us back on track. And then with her on the boat, and uh, yeah, before that, <laughs> they were uh, swimming and. Bridget jumps into the water and Tony does too because Tony's like, oh my God, she's saving my friend. And then she goes, my friend? And then jumps in the water. And then later, even though it's really cold, Molly Shannon and this guy who drove them there who's nerdy. Paul Rust. Okay, that's the point that I was going to bring up earlier. Paul (laughs) Rust is so sexy in this. He plays... Fantastic. Couldn't agree more. He has a flirtation ship with Molly Shannon that had me quivering. I don't know what it is about Paul <laughs> Rust. Moment I one feel like when he handed her that microphone. He symbolizes yeah. <laughs> like peace and safety to me, I think. And I thought that he was fucking incredible in this. But during it, my roommate Hannah was high enough that she said that she thought that Paul Rust was going to kill Molly Shannon. <laughs> okay, oh, what did sure. he say about his ex-girlfriend describing him as like a quiet oh, predator or something? A bashful like predator. bashful predator. <laughs> a bashful predator. But That's my I exact that type. That's who I really I'm like exactly, to. man. I like Sam, that it didn't develop. <laughs> I like that they never kissed or that it never like actually like became cheesy. Like they just kind of it, the whole thing ends with him texting her the word text at the end. Yes. Wait, I'm going to get some tape. Oh, right flip no, phone. that was because he didn't have... Oh, I thought it was just him saying... Messages. Oh, I thought it was... <laughs> Either interpretation is adorable because he just, like, has no... Wouldn't that be cute? Flip phone. Yeah, like, at work. I'm going to text you that. <laughs> text. <laughs> like, text. poking. Just being text. cute. <laughs> Guys being dudes. <laughs> I think it was sweet. I guess he's on some Netflix show called Love. I think that I've never watched, but yeah, I, I saw the first very good with, things about with Mimi first, Rose Howard. Yeah, with Mimi Rose Howard. Yes, Mimi Rose. Here two four. I think I saw the first and second season of that show, but then I was it. They it was one of those shows that took way too long to make a third one. That I was like, I don't remember anything. Sherlock. Yeah. So I didn't watch it. Um, anything else happened in the movie, guys? I thought the whole water moment um, was, like, kind of I... cute. I thought the ending was cute when they all go for a swim. I could have mm-hmm. potentially done without the teenagers on the boat. Like, maybe yeah. they should have just kicked them off. I thought it was kind of a weird hostage situation. It could have been a crossover with uh, Booksmart for a second, but they didn't go that far. Oh, like, where they When they go on that <laughs> yacht. <laughs> Just like taking over that graduation party. 
yeah. And I get it. Yeah, just like, a little awkward way they kind of just left, phone, like, slunk away. I feel like that was, like, one of the biggest, like, we have to do something for the moms that are watching this, where yeah. they, like, made them dance, like, a old prom situation. Oh, and the the whole thing I was just talk- thinking about when they played Never Have I Ever incorrectly. Did you notice that, Sam? I noticed that, too. Tony says, never have I ever had lice and then drinks because she has never, because she has had lice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, everyone was saying things they have, they have done. I thought it was I a think. cute way to, like, admit stuff that they weren't, yeah. you know, trying to admit. But it didn't give it enough time, I don't think, because, like, Mm-hmm. There's this whole buildup with Molly Shannon's character where, like, you don't know what happened with her ex, and then you find it out that way, and they're just like, oh, no. And then, like, they find out about the Adam Levine kiss, and they're like, ooh. And then they just kind of, like, wet hug. And you're like, okay. That- yeah. I think they could have taken the teens out and spent more time exactly. there, maybe. I did like I that know. they didn't have to show the scene where she tells Adam Scott about Adam Levine, because, like... Mm-hmm. I'm tired of that conversation too in movies. Those yeah. are those moments where I you're like, yeah, an hour else. <laughs> Right? That's Aren't you tired of those? Mm, when also, I come home. Also, like, <laughs> because, like, not gonna lie, I mean, shitfaced kissed Adam Levine because Adam Scott was being a terrible husband. Yeah. Like, that's it. Sorry. <laughs> um, it would be more complicated I mean, like, if it was a real life. A better husband. <laughs> yeah, like it would be more complicated if it was a real life situation, but unfortunately, it was a fictional situation. Fictional. Um, fictional. It was a fictional situation. <laughs> so, Shitface unfortunately kissed Adam Levine purely because of Adam Scott's sins. Um, right. But then he was like learning how to be a better husband from an already kind of shitty husband who was like, I just yeah. tell her she looks good twice a day and then I'm scot free. Like, that still sucks. But like, yeah. Well, I thought that that was, yeah. 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 I mean, you're trying, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. This I is thought, a category I thought, of heterifying. I thought that everybody in this movie was hot as fuck. Mm-hmm. I loved it so much. I kind of wish that it was a mini series just so that I would have more face time. Fun mom breakfast, fun mom lunch, fun mom <gasps> tea time. <clears throat> Honestly, a, mini, like, a, money, a money series, a mini series would be <laughs> great because I actually think they had really good chemistry. I don't think they got the critical um, acclaim needed to warrant that, though, unfortunately. That's true. Well, but what if that happened instead of this? That would have been. I, think I mean, I think got... those names could have carried it. Yeah. Oh, totes, totally, totally. And also, yeah. like, sure, it was it was no bad moms no. franchise, but it wasn't mm-hmm. trying to be. That movie's so high stakes. Bad moms is incredible, and I wish really Tony is. was in it so that we could be guests on that episode. <laughs> I want to rewatch it because I saw it before I saw. Dead to me, and then Christina Applegate is the like <gasps> evil yes. mom in that. Dead Mila to me Kunis. is so good. But Bad Moms Christmas is really good too because Christine Baranski and Susan Sarandon and plays a woman yes. named Isis. Yes. <laughs> and she's Catherine Hahn's mom. Uh, and they're making Catherine another one. Just be in every movie. Ever, I'm pretty sure think. they're making a Vegas spinoff with uh, just <gasps> with Susan with uh, Susan Sarandon and Christine Baranski and whoever right. the other one's mom is. Yeah, I'm I'm DP. I'm I'm on. I'm oh, on you're DPing film. it. Yeah, absolutely. you're in the DP version. 
Yeah, I'm in the DP <laughs> of fun mom, bad moms Vegas. Yeah, fun moms bad, bad fun mom, <laughs> fun dinner, bad Christmas. moms, daddy Biden Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm DP of. Oh, we didn't even talk about Paul Rudd as the Jewish weed. Okay, that was uh, incredible. Salesman. He is so fucking good in this Just movie. So good. Also, were they like lovers? No, I no because so. they okay, said they you. were partners, and then they talk about their wives. Yeah, yeah and I was he mad. Was like, he was oh, like, he "Yeah, we joke about this at home." He was and like, then we long should, pause. Um, we should show them the. Uh... He introduced him as his partner, though, so I immediately yeah. was on the defense. No, I think they are lovers, <laughs> and also in speaking of homosexuals in this film, I also kind of was expecting the two husbands to like hook up in the backyard. I would have loved that. Yeah, I'm always waiting for that to happen in movies. Right. Anytime like straight men are like nice lounged to each other, in a yard together, <laughs> in like an endearing <laughs> We're way, locked out. <laughs> right, because we dream. It, it like wasn't toxic enough for me to believe they were fully straight. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. So they should kiss. That's the only other solution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I agree. Yeah. I fully agree. Okay. Well, here on the Tony Awards. Uh, we like to give three awards to each and every movie. But before that, Jake, your favorite movie that we have seen thus far has been Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Is Fun Mom Dinner better than Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage? I think we have a new queen in the house. Yes! Yeah, I think it's I predicted better. it. I wrote in my you, notes. You predicted it. That was your new favorite? Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, disclaimer, just because it's my new favorite doesn't mean it's the best movie I've seen ever. Uh, is is this you already. <laughs> is this better than Clock Watchers? <sighs> Oof. Um no, but I think I need to rewatch Clock Watchers. Oh, I do too. I want to rewatch it. I want you to watch it. It's you should watch it, Lisa. It's got Lisa Kudrow in it and um Parker Posey and Tony Collette. Anytime I feel you like say Parker Post's name I'm in. Absolutely. I feel like after we're done with to- the Tony movies thus far, we can just redo our favorites and have new guests on. Ooh. We just do Clock uh, Watchers Part Two. Victory Lap. So and so. Okay. So our first award that everybody gets to give is called Best Prop. So, Lisa, what was your best prop? My best prop. Okay. So, I had an initial immediate response to this when I was talking to Brandon. I felt like Barry was my favorite prop in this movie (laughs) as the driver and, like, wearing gloves and just, like, holding their shoes and crying. But I think, actually, my real answer for best prop would probably be the floss that Molly Shannon uses to cut the cheesecake at the bar. I think the floss may be my favorite prop. In this oh my movie. god, that was one of Brandon's I see it's on, on the my list. list. <laughs> wow, that was so good, Brandon. What was your other best prop? Mm. I'm gonna have to go with Tony's vape in the parking lot <laughs> mm-hmm. because it was so odd and also very like luxurious looking 
Yeah. Interesting for like, a mom to do that and also drive. It also was just, yeah, it was just interesting <laughs> that she was always smoke like. She was I always even... high and always like dr- driving. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and like I, <laughs> which bothered me because I can't do anything while I'm high. Well, much I'm less like, drive. I, I can like if I smoke, I I like which is why I like really can't smoke anymore. I like turn into a paranoid person so i can't imagine like having a house full of kids and taking a moment to go smoke yeah like yeah and then they immediately pull her out of it yeah no but but she's good on she's she's a good high mom (laughs) and i thought her vape was very um beautiful looking honestly it was it wasn't a car it was high tech and it makes sense because she has her two um gay jewish weed weed dispensers dispensers (laughs) love them uh my best prop was adam levine's tattoo that says moms because he has two gay moms in this movie and he brandishes it as proof that he's a feminist oh my god sam i have a headcanon his two gay moms are the lesbian couple from Tammy, played by Kathy Bates and Sandra Oh. Yes. Oh, love that. Adore that. Jake, what was your best prop? I'm, my best prop is the uh, Ruth Bader Ganja from oh, yeah. the dispensary. They were like, have you heard of Supreme Court justices? Are have you, you guys heard of Ruth Bader Ginsburg? a fan of the Supreme Court justices? And they're all like... Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I love that they had a whole mom section of their dispensary where they were like, "We have mom products. Yeah. Like, this is what moms want." Yeah. I honestly order. could maybe event like get back into weed if I maybe went to the mom section. Right. <laughs> I didn't know That's that what- you stopped smoking weed, Brandon. Yeah, I, I truly just can't anymore. It's it's kind of sad, but you know what? It makes me so sad because sometimes when I smoke weed, I remember the days that you and I and our acting class used to have in sophomore year when right after yeah. acting class, we would just go to your apartment and smoke and have the best time. I know. It, might, it honestly, it might be a Lexapro thing because... It, well, I we, thought it would be better. I yeah. have had it's. It, I don't know if it's better or worse for me with Lexapro, but I truly, it's different. And sometimes yeah. it's really good, and sometimes, and I'm I'm more creative than I've ever been mm-hmm. when I'm high now on Lexapro. Oh. But I'm also more in. I'm more like anxious physically. Like I can't yeah. fall asleep. So for me, for me, what has worked is um going just like straight indica. Mm. which I never used to smoke indica. I thought that it was so boring and so stupid, but I kind of robo-trip on indica now, where if I fight the initial urge to go to sleep, then I can be, like, kind of high and still have a good time. Mm. Mm. Maybe I need to do that. I don't know what we have. Yeah, but sativa, like, makes me anxious, which sucks. Uh. Um, All right, best Tony moment. <laughs> best Tony moment. Lisa, what was your best Tony moment? My best Tony moment. Okay, I have to review my notes here. 
Because I had a couple of them. I had a couple too. Um, she had some good ones. <clears throat> she has a whole monologue in at the dinner where I was like, these were the audition sides. Yeah. <laughs> like, <sure>. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Real quick, can I just say, I never thought about this, but it was so accurate. It's like, I totally bought it. Like, the whole mom vibe of, like, not wanting to participate in school functions on your fourth, by your fourth child. Oh, I yeah. never thought about that before because I'm an only child. And so Andrew's my mom didn't twins. have that vibe. My mom always like enjoyed being participating, but she also didn't have, and she had twins. So I didn't like, I'm, and you were the first child, Sam. Yeah. So I don't know. My mom was, um, my mom was class mom for our pre-K class. And I don't, and I don't know if she was ever class mom again after that. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I, I thought it was believable. So yeah, 100%. Um, okay, best Tony moment. I have I have two of them because I can't pick between them. Um, one was a really small one where they come out of Walgreens and she's like humping the pole outside Walgreens with like her headband <laughs> I on. That one. <laughs> <laughs> so it was so good and like clearly her just being like, "Yes, correct. I'm going to use the space <laughs> to its advantage." Yeah. Use the space levels. <laughs> and that headband was also on my list for best prop, just like her post Walgreens headband that she had on. Um, mm-hmm. But also, her I, and this is kind of in every movie I've seen her in, but like she just has an she just has a laugh that has this like abandon to it, where I just feel like she's totally unhinged sometimes and is just like such a good actress laugh where I'm like oh she's actually laughing that's not her like pretending and when they were mm-hmm. in the bathroom when the uh sprinklers turned on and she's yeah. just like hysterically laughing it's like a belly laugh that's so yes. good it was so like, good. this is very real and correct I love it so much so those are my those are my two favorite Tony moments from this movie love that Brandon what was yours um I would say her smoking in the bath the empty bathtub was a highlight for me. Chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. Mine was when she called Bridget Everett a crazy cunt in like a nice way while they were coming out of that CVS or whatever. Yes. I love that. She just goes, you crazy cunt. And I was like, ah. Oh my God. Also, when they're smoking and she's like, when Tony asked Bridget, she's like, so what am I? Am I a cunt or an asshole? Because there's a big difference. <laughs> and then Bridget's like, "Well, in the dark, sometimes my husband doesn't notice." Oh my god! Another reason why she should divorce Adam Scott. In that movie. <laughs> I'm sure that Adam Scott in real life hasn't done anything to warrant a divorce. No, I agree. Um, my favorite Tony moment was when uh, I have two as well. Um. One was when she, at the very, it's like the second to last scene. It's when they're all randomly laying in the parking area with the orange cones. And like, as it fades to black, Tony puts her hand on Shitface's face's yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then the other one was um, when they're doing karaoke and they're singing 99 Love Balloons in German and Tony sings it in German, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. We have a sudden cameo on the podcast from Tony Sykowski hey. from hey. A Long Way Down. How's it going, Hello. everyone? From A Long Way Down. What's up? <laughs> now it's really the Tony Awards. Oh! <laughs> we have one more award to give. 
Um, have you ever seen Fun Mom Dinner? I have not. What would you estimate that it's about from the title? Fun Mom Dinner? Yep. Um, are we, am I the only person left to give a best <laughs> <Yep>. Tony moment? <laughs> oh, yes, you are. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, I finish last because I'm a gentleman. Um, my best Tony <laughs> moment. Oh, yeah, I think I said when she said cunt. That was my best. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next word is a custom award, which can go to anything. Mine was best cameo goes to Paul Rudd, specifically for asking them if they're fans of Supreme Court justices. And then <laughs> hands them some weed that's called Ruth Bader Ganja. Uh, Brandon, what was your custom award? Oh, that cat drawing. <laughs> My cat drawing. You want to wait um, till the end? Yeah, you go first. No, I'm not going for it. Lisa, what is your <laughs> custom award? Um, <laughs> I forgot mine. Oh, wait. I couldn't text them to myself because you were watching the movie on my laptop. Oh, my God. I'm and they so would have appeared. <laughs> I like that I said okay, that. Wait. Like, I was watching it on your laptop and I was not there. Oh, but. <laughs> okay. Most ridiculous, um, bad at his job bartender award to Adam Levine for randomly just letting this strange woman behind the bar to pour beers for a bunch of people. Um, That's against the law. I know he owned the bar, but that was against the law in a lot of ways. And I was like, (laughs) this is unbelievable. And I hate anything that Adam Levine does in the world. So that's my award. Best cameo actually goes to John Early because he's also a Tony Collette stan and I need to stand by him. John Early from Search Party was in this movie. He had a cameo. He was so fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, wish that the whole movie was about him. (laughs) I'm glad it wasn't. I I think, I guess my my custom award would go to the writers, including besides the, the little girl in the bathroom, they did include two more black characters and that award of inclusion would go to when um bridget calls um tony and shitface oprah and gail oh (laughs) (laughs) i loved that (laughs) oprah and gail you want to let us in on your friendship circle (laughs) oh Oh, and then there's that moment early on in the movie where they're they're arguing with Tony over whether Tony and her husband and Shitface and Shitface's husband are arguing with her over whether she should go to the fun mom dinner. And they're like, widen your circle. And she's like, that sounds oddly sexual, even yeah. though it doesn't. But then she and Adam Scott have this cool like bit where they're like, ooh, widen your circle. And I was like, Widen your rosebud. You guys did a movie together before this. I they did tell. Krampus. Krampus. They had more chemistry in this movie than they did in Krampus. I also they thought did. they were gonna maybe get together at the beginning. I was that like, would have been unforgivable. Can I shout out married one to her best friend? Oh, can I yeah, shout out one more? <laughs> <laughs> I want to shout out one more Bridget line just because it laughed pretty hard. I don't know why they when they swim randomly to this boat that they think Shipface is on. Um, they just get off the boat and they like have bonded by swimming. And Bridget goes. I wish you would co-chair the spring auction with me. <laughs> I, no, I wish you would consider co-chairing the spring auction with me. She's and like, Tony's like, now. can we not do this? <laughs> I'm just like, that's something I would think about while swimming with someone, like in a life or death situation. So, yeah. 
wait, did I, what was the award? Did I do oh, mine? Oh, it's like a custom award. award. It's a it custom. can be an award for anything. I think, um, what is uh, Tony's, Rob Hu- Hubel? Yeah. Right? King. I think the moment, I think best incompetent dad moment. There were a lot of them in this movie. I think there were some fantastic incompetent dad moments, but him being like, I know exactly how to act in like a crisis situation. Then he just starts screaming like, we're locked out. There's nothing we can do, but we have candy. And he just has like last year's Halloween candy in his pockets. Like that was really beautiful. That's me as a dad for sure. Like his faux meltdown to just be like, I've got it under control, but also I'm freaking out. Traumatizing them just to like- Yeah, yeah, So fucking upset that he got locked out of the house. It was really good. Just like- many incompetent dad moments in there but that was that was my favorite one it was real good yeah okay um that's it it looks like we have come to the end of our podcast does anybody have any final thoughts uh it um, sounds like it was a great podcast <laughs> <laughs> it was we had the Oh my god, Lisa Loeb in the flesh. I wish I had my glasses on so I could look more like Lisa Loeb. I should just write in the episode that we had Lisa Loeb. Please do it. Yes. Oh my god, tag her. Yeah. (laughs) I saw her live once at like a, she wrote an album for children, like children's music, and it was terrifying because she yelled at the kids and it was really scary. (laughs) The children weren't enjoying it enough and she screamed at them and it was not not great that sounds like sia like yelling at everybody lately that she's like doesn't support autistic people (laughs) just like please don't do that in public that was an iconic conflict um but yeah lisa whenever your name comes up lately i just i just i just say lisa loeb i don't know why and like people should know (laughs) i have like 10 (laughs) names at this point my name's leslie my name's lisa i'm lisa because i used to call you student loan (laughs) <laughs> me too when you were in school <laughs> now you're now you're professor loan now you're professor loan yeah i think Loeb. i think that i have my student loans set to auto pay but i really don't know and i'm too afraid Ooh. to check that well, is all, a yes, very pausey thing to do they're all paused till like who knows i paused um, mine in 2015 so <laughs> <Nobody's> <laughs> don't be unpause like, them <laughs> Joe, Joe Biden's gonna be like, here's $5 off your loan interest. Here's hey, the fun part about that. Bell. We went to a private institution and they're like, public universities, I know. forgiveness for your oh, loans. We and did guess not what do that. The other funny thing about that is, oh, you can't go to a state school if you want to study what you want to study. So you have to go to a private school with no guaranteed job afterwards. Oh my God, what? I love the arts. Okay. That's been our podcast. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.